Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast, where we create conversation and community among real people about everyday issues. This is a place for you to hear truth, connect with others, and find answers to your questions. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Talk, where we talk about real issues with real people. And over the past several weeks, we've been having conversations with individuals that have gone through hardship, uh, tragedy, and loss. And um, and one thing that I've been encouraged about is just uh, the hope that I've heard, the strength as people have leaned into their faith. None of these stories uh, have a fairy tale ending uh, or are wrapped up in a pretty bow because that's not how life really is. But it's just been amazing. Uh, just to see how people have come out of hardship and uh, and grown through it. And maybe in the midst of it, they didn't see it, but coming out of it um, as they engage their faith, it's just been in- encouraging to me. So you may be watching this today, and uh, you may be in the middle of a hardship, and you are grieving over a loss. And so we want you to know that we're doing this because we care about you. We're praying for you. Even though this has been done maybe days or weeks before you've watched this, just know that we have prayerfully come into this praying specifically for you. And then for those of us that maybe we're not going through a hard time right now, uh, I hope that you're encouraged and inspired because we all know at some point in time we're going to have loss. We're going to experience loss and grief and and, um, and we can remember some of the principles that come out of this series. And so before I introduce my special guest here today, I want to remind those of you as you're watching this, whether it's on YouTube, uh, whether it's through Instagram, one of our um, many uh, podcasting platforms, make sure and like, subscribe, uh, share the content, follow it. Uh, When you do that, it not only allows for future content to be uploaded to your video feed, but it expands our reach and it expands our impact. So, So be sure and do that. Help us out with that. And we just want to thank you for that beforehand. Uh, Now I'd like to introduce you to our guest. Um, Avis Halbert is with us today. And uh, Avis, we're glad that you could join us and be a part of this and share your story. Thank you for coming. And um, I remember when we talked uh, last week, um, you have uh, a big uh, milestone coming up, both you and your husband, JC. You want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, we, um, we're celebrating our 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had, as you will soon learn, some ups and downs, but uh, God's been very faithful and uh, some of these ups and downs we will not talk about, but yeah. life is like you just said. We have had life, but yeah. it's it's been good to know 40 years. Yeah, congratulations. Ashley and I are 13 years behind you. All we right. Celebrated 27, going on 28. And so, um, and then uh, you have two boys, two grown boys yes. that have families of their own, it sounds like. Yes. Five yes. grandkids, right? Yes, yes. And so, I'm very blessed. They all live in Rogers. That is awesome. <laughs> so. And what are their ages? Uh, my oldest granddaughter's 18, mm-hmm. and then I have a, the youngest is, I believe she's about eight months, I mean, excuse me, eight weeks old. Eight weeks old. Wow. Yeah, oh, brand new awesome. one. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, our kids are in their 20s, and so we can see one day this maybe. Yeah, maybe absolutely. We're excited about that, uh, that future time, Lord willing. So uh, also, interestingly, you work for Pastor West, directly with Pastor West, yes. right? Yes, I do. And so that could be its own podcast. We could have a whole hour talking about, <laughs> yeah. you know, untold stories at First Baptist yeah. Rogers. But, uh, but we probably mm-hmm. like our jobs uh, too much That's to do right. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, the boss may not like that, but, uh, but it would be fun to do something yeah. like that one day. Maybe we'll do that. If we could yeah. find some... Uh, 
some fun stories to be able to share about. Uh, on a more serious uh, note, the past three, four, five years have had uh, its struggles mm-hmm. and its hardships. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and let you share that story. But maybe before we do that, maybe leading into uh, your story that you're going to be sharing today, why don't you just back up and give us a little background of yourself? Where are you from? Uh, maybe a little bit of your faith journey early on when you and JC met, you know, how did you meet? Uh, maybe just two minutes, three minutes, just kind of a little background leading into your story. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I met JC uh, in San Angelo, Texas. Mm-hmm. I had moved out there out of college to uh, take a job, graduated the University of Arkansas. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why we're back here. But uh, he uh, he was the brother of my roommate, okay. so and she was dating him. So it was the four of us. We had a great time for for a while. Yeah. Then he and I got more serious, and they broke up. So so uh-huh. we're we uh, ended up uh, getting married, and uh, we have lived in Dallas. We had a time in Colorado, which mm-hmm. I know you have a yeah. soft spot we're, for we're Colorado. Colorado. It was in. Breckenridge area. Okay. Wow, we nice. lived there for about four years. Had our own business, and uh, it was it was an interesting time yeah. period. But anyway, when we left there, we we could have gone multiple places, but we just loved this area, and mm-hmm. so we've been here now about twenty four years. Awesome. And my sons uh, still say they'll move back to Colorado one day, but they haven't. Yeah. But not yet. Yeah. When you live in Colorado, it, it's almost impossible for it not to have a special place in Absolutely. your heart. Absolutely. We love it here as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I would like to just share briefly that um, uh, I became a Christian when I was about 30 yeah. after having two boys. And yeah. I had some Christian upbringing, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't a uh, strong mm-hmm. commitment to to, to 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 our faith as a family. We've lived out on a farm and we just worked. Mm-hmm. And my parents worked seven days a week. And yeah. so anyway. When I did uh, uh, accept Jesus, I was about 30, mm-hmm. and a, I had been visiting the little church, and they uh, he had preached on the fact that our life can be so out of control. And his right. analogy was being in a rowboat without oars, mm. and I connected to that. That's exactly yeah. where I was. And right. so I, I made you the— You were a mom at that time, yeah. too, so you had two little, little kids. Two little and, boys. And then just the stresses of life and— yes. Being yes. young, young family. Yeah. 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 And uh, I know some people could relate to this. We were living in Dallas at the time. I had no close family, you know, no yeah. network to really support me. And yeah. I had friends at work, but still, I just didn't have anybody to really help me. Somehow, God led me to this little church. And um, it was a little difficult after that with JC not accepting, yeah. being being lost at the time. But I'm going to get into some good news on that here in a little bit. That's awesome. Well, that could be another podcast about just you becoming a Christian as an adult and your experience in the church and all that. So maybe mm-hmm. one day we'll have you back. And, all right. Because I think that those of you that have committed your life to Christ later in life, uh, you have uh, a unique perspective mm-hmm. for those of us who have grown up in church mm-hmm. and everything. So, well, that's neat. Well, thank you for that background. So fast forward to wherever you want to kind of getting okay. up to uh, to your story a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I would like to just talk. My, my husband, um, kind of the end of the story is he um, has had heart issues. Yeah. And so I'd like to just start with when we discovered that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, he recently had and had. This was in what year? This was in 2017. Okay. The summer of 2017, he'd had rotator cuff surgery, and and so he was trying to get through that. And but he kept complaining about his shoulder and neck and jaw kind of hurting, and um, the doctor thought it was all related to the surgery. Yeah. But after. I don't know, I don't recall how long, but they recommended a stress test, and he failed the stress test. So they immediately started treating him for AFib and uh, took care of that. But then the next month, he did have bypass surgery. So that would have been October 2017. So working on shoulder issues and then immediately Mm -hmm. forget about that. Yeah, yeah, literally. I mean, his... His shoulder did not hurt anymore. (laughs) We had other issues. But uh, just before, and so I'm going to tell a a great part of the story right off the bat, is right before the bypass surgery, um, Pastor West came to visit us in the hospital, Mm -hmm. and um, he shared the gospel, and J.C. accepted Jesus. That's awesome. uh, Now looking back on that, uh, we needed that decision more than ever because of the road we we would be on. Uh, it's been difficult for JC in ways because it has been difficult. Yeah. But um, we do have a God that provides, and so yeah. that's what I would like to, to share a little bit more about. Absolutely. Yeah. So we go through the bypass, and uh, they had recommended two, but we were only able to, or I say we as though I was there, but yeah. I was. But JC had one, um, a single bypass. Okay. And so he still had tremendous problems and and what it was is his arteries were just blocked uh and most most of the time when people have a heart attack the some of the main ones are blocked and that's what cuts off the circulation to the heart muscle but um in jc's case and i'm sure in others as well even the tiny vessels have blockage Mm. and so after the initial bypass it did not solve all of the blockage problems But they classified his heart pain as angina, which meant all the tiny vessels were also weakened, wow. and he, his heart just was not getting good circulation. Okay. It was working very hard, but the muscle itself was just not getting nourished. Okay. So, so bad, bad news. Yeah, it was bad news. Okay. And so um, I, I will tell you that they, rec- they prescribed nitroglycerin mm-hmm. and... Um, they said, you know, if your heart starts hurting, take one, put it under your tongue, let it dissolve. Wow. After five minutes, try it again. And the very first time he he and I thought he might need it, we were at home. It was late one night, and he said, I'm just having ter- terrible pain. And uh, I said, well, maybe take a nitro. Well, I don't know what it's going to do to me. And the other day when he and I were reminiscing about this, he joked, and he said he was afraid to sit down if he had taken one, because he wasn't sure if it was going to explode. (laughs) So so anyway, so now we can laugh about those things, but he finally took his first nitro and it was like candy after that. I mean, once he realized the relief that it it did the trick, it did the trick. Okay. It did the trick. So we, um, again, we went through, um, several months of this kind of thing. Um, but it just never got better. And they checked him for, reflux they checked other issues that may be causing some of the pain and the discomfort but um, it always came back to the heart as far as jc and i were concerned because we could we were living with it so i began praying for a referral because i just felt like jc needed someone else somebody else to to talk to us about his condition 
And of course, there's only 5,000 cardiologists in the United States, so where do I begin? And so I just prayed for God to provide. We went to a cardiologist, cardiologist appointment very soon after that, and he immediately said, I'd like to refer you to another doctor. Yeah. He referred us to Kansas City uh, Hospital there, and two years prior, my younger son and, and daughter-in-law had transferred up there for her to continue her nursing education, so they were there. They were. She was wow. in the same hospital wow. that we would be going Lived to. Lived in the area, worked in the same hospital. Absolutely. So we had That's the wonderful. network that we so desperately needed yeah. out of town, mm-hmm. and she could. She was educated, not in heart, but in NICU, mm-hmm. and she. But she knew enough to give us comfort and, and knowledge. That's good. So yeah. God put us in a place where we needed to be. That's awesome. Um, so we went up there several times. The doctor did do some techniques that was not. They just weren't able to do them here. And so JC did have some seasons of some relief. Um, we still had issues, but, but we, but, and so we went up there several times for several uh, uh, treatments. Yeah. There was um, a time he went up there, and, and of course, we even went to the ER several times here. They always said if there was an issue, go to the ER here. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we had the opportunity once of him being trans airlifted to Kansas City. Wow. It was a pretty serious situation, and a heart attack occurred during that episode. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, yeah, and just a pause. I mean, these are big moments. It's like it's a part of your story, and we can go through it pretty quickly, but pause for a moment and just tell me what were you going through? What were you feeling? I mean, some of it's kind of obvious, but... Uh, how were you feeling in that moment? Mm-hmm. He's being airlifted, and are you driving and he's being airlifted, mm-hmm. or were you okay? Yeah, we were here. We had gone to the ER, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, probably around midnight or something, okay. probably that day. And But we had spent most of the day in the ER yeah. just as a patient. And, of course, me, I was getting a little frustrated, no action, nobody was doing anything yeah. that I could see. Yeah. And um, But he was, he was in he was in a the place he needed to be, but I was just getting very impatient. And so early afternoon, they finally told us that they had been waiting for a bed in Kansas City Mm. and a helicopter. So the helicopter had to come back and take us. And so I met those guys, and just the professionalism of people that do that kind of work, it's just amazing how uh, comforting they were for me. Yeah. But it happened so quickly, and, of course, my boys were at work, and, and so I was actually there with, by myself. But um, So when they took him out to put him on the helicopter, I didn't know if I should run home and race to Kansas City and be there when he arrived. Right. <laughs> beat the helicopter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or should I wait till he left? left? And yeah. so I decided to wait, yeah. and it took a while for them to connect him and yeah. stabilize him or whatever they did, and it was a very lonely, and it was probably – five minutes, but it seemed like eternity before that helicopter took off. Okay. So that was a very lonely time, just standing there. And what's running through your mind? Were you thinking this could be the last moment I see him uh, alive? Yes. Yeah, that's a. When we think about our spouses and we think about those things, we know going into it that there may be, one of us is probably going to be saying goodbye to the other Mm -hmm. one one day, but... uh, but to be in that moment is yeah. a, a different story. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so you didn't beat the helicopter. No, I didn't. Okay, which is probably wise. You didn't need two <laughs> right. of you in the hospital. But you know what? My mm-hmm. son and daughter-in-law were there to meet him. Good. So again, God, yeah. God provided. That's awesome. So 
but we made it through that. Um, and again, so the last, I wanted to spend a little more time because on the heart transplant, because he does end up with the heart transplant. Okay. And that happens on this trip in Kansas No, no, no. Okay. This, that was, that, okay. this was another trip. I gotcha. But, okay. but they were again, kind of running out of options for him because his heart, and, and by the way, that was a heart attack with okay. the helicopter. Wow. And, and so anyway, yeah. and then there was another heart attack in between, but so you had to wait for a heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the heart transplant, let me tell you briefly what was going on there. JC was not feeling well, but we were waiting for our first, for that couple, for my son to have his first baby, yeah. that, for them to have their okay. first baby. And so the delivery had been set. The, the It was a scheduled delivery. And so we had an appointment the very next day here in Rogers for another heart cath for them to check things out. Okay. But we went to Kansas City, saw the new baby. It was right. great. Yeah. The doctor the next day, they took him back, and about 15 minutes later he came out, and I knew that was a bad sign because normally these things are an hour or more. And so he said we're sending him to Kansas City because they're going to have to look at him. So that time I followed the ambulance. They took a look at him that next morning early, and they couldn't do anything. And when the doctor came out to talk to me, he had a little diagram of the heart, and pointed out things, but he said, we can redo the bypass. We can continue to support with stents and angioplasty like we've been doing, but we might have to talk about transplant. Mm -hmm. He said his age is, he's borderline too old for the age. He's got Mm -hmm. diabetes. So immediately he was almost preparing me that transplant was not the option. So I left for the, so that was Friday. They kept JC, of course, and um, I, I I convinced myself to go see the new baby. Mm-hmm. So I went to see the baby. Uh, I was there probably 30 minutes, and they called, and he had had a major heart attack. Okay. Apparently, the invasion they had done to the heart had broken loose some okay. plaque. and um, So anyway, mm-hmm. he had a major mm-hmm. heart attack. He, and he told me later he had never felt that kind of pain before. Wow. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. So let me back up, though, on my trip to see the baby. Um, there had been times along the way where they had said, Avis, we need to do this. Is it okay? Do you agree? Under, do you mm-hmm. understand? And all that. But when he pres- we had presented that the day before about the heart transplant, this is before I knew of the major heart attack to, to come. So I'm on my way to see the baby, and I'm just praying for God not to put me in a position to have to make a decision that I don't want to have to say redo the bypass or I think you've convinced me to just let us be supported. I needed God to give me an answer, and Mm -hmm. I prayed. Driving through Kansas City traffic with tears for God to make the decision, and I truly feel like that the heart attack was his answer to my prayer. And I told JC that that was an answer to my prayer, that I needed it to be without any doubt, and that's exactly what happened. The heart Mm. could not be repaired. The heart could not be repaired. So there's only one option. Only one option. So um, after that, I mean, there's so many stories about the transplant and the nurses and our time there, but um, it also just... um, Showed God, he provided a friend for me there, a Mm -hmm. lady that was going through a similar thing. Her husband had had been there before for a transplant, and he was sick. 
for another reason, but um, he provided that. Uh, the sweet ladies in the cafeteria thought I was an employee and offered me employee discounts. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, he just provided provided mm-hmm. for us. And um, But once the decision was made, once the assessments were all complete, the realization that someone would have to die kind of set in with both of us, yeah. that um, his life was going to be dependent on someone else's loss. Yeah. And um, so kind of back to your grieving series, um, we were grieving for a family we would never know. Yeah. And um, so that was very difficult. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we got through the transplant. Um, God provided. It was a miracle. He had actually been elevated once he was approved to number one on the list. Wow. So after... Uh, a few other little issues that had come up. Once he was officially put on the list, we had a heart within five days. Wow. It was a miracle. That is amazing. And um, it went fine. We've been home. We've had um, mostly um, very good treatments. At things have mm-hmm. been as planned. How many? How long is that? Okay, I'm sorry. Is this two years uh, ago? Or? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Alan. It it was two years okay. in July. We celebrated two years. Okay. So 17, September 17th when this started, we got the transplant in July of mm. 19. So okay. two years of mm. hard pain and hard yeah. treatments. And then the last two years have been very um, stable, I'll yeah. say, yeah. except for COVID. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. But, but anyway, so the last two now, years There's even have, thoughts of him being here today, possibly, you know, or at least a conversation about it, but obviously... You know, uh, with uh, the spike that we've had recently, Absolutely. it was just wise for him not to. Yeah, and, so, and yeah. the doctor, the, his nurse has specifically said he needs to stay home. Yeah, which so. is good. I think. Yeah. But anyway, wise. so that's kind of the story. I've got wow, um, many many details that um, go along that just yeah. show God's provision, and again the miracles and the mm-hmm. the love that mm-hmm. people showed and the care. Yeah. Um, you talked about the the grieving of knowing that someone had to experience a loss. Um, someone had to someone had to pass away, and then mm-hmm. others, other loved ones, had to experience a loss mm-hmm. uh, for something for you guys to gain in, in the grieving process of that. Yes. Um, and then um, when we were kind of planning for this and, and allowing me to hear a little bit of your story, you shared of a, another loss. You guys had some plans, you know, for this season of your life. Mm-hmm. And why don't you unpack some of the grieving that we might not even think of, but some of the things is like, okay, well, now things are different. You know, mm-hmm. our plans are going to change a little bit. Share a little bit about the grieving that you and, and JC have experienced in that, in that aspect. Okay. Yeah, I mean, even from the beginning, Alan, we um, probably after the first bypass, his immune system was low. They didn't want him yeah. to get sick, and he couldn't pick up the children. I mean, and um, so really just almost, and I'll say a physical disconnection between our family, right. you know, within within our family. I mean, yeah. even I was limited because I couldn't, and even today, I cannot take anything home to him. Right. I cannot take anything that would make him sick. Right. So I've had to be extra cautious around around the children and my family right. as well. And, and a lot of people can identify with that through COVID. Yes. You have a lot of grandparents who have been missing their grandbabies. Yes, and um, it's big. It is it's big. A, it's a big issue. You're right. Yeah. 
And uh, in fact, we were wearing masks before masks were so popular. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we had our stash. You guys were on the front end of that trend. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. they gave us packages of fifty masks whenever right. we left that first oh, day. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, the loss of that. Um, uh, JC, every time he had experienced like a heart attack or a setback or whatever, it's like his physical capacity never regained, and yeah. so he he's just even now he's he's just physically weak. Yeah. He um, he can't do the sports and the fun things with his grandson like he'd like to do. He can't pick up the granddaughters. He can't anyway. Yeah. There's just a lot of physical limitations for yeah. him. But um, and then to bring us to to this week, um, we were planning for a 40th anniversary trip, and there were just so many things surrounding ideas that we had. I mean, mm-hmm. we we had to rule out a cruise, which is something we'd wanted to do. We yeah had thought about flying to Hawaii, but the airline trip was just too long. And yeah. once we got there, um, there would just be anticipated there'd just be too much walking, too much mm-hmm. too much activity. And, and he couldn't really enjoy the beach because he's actually supposed to avoid extreme heat and extreme cold for right. for an extended mm-hmm. amount of time. So there's just um, just limitations on what we can do. And right. And now, yeah, it's with COVID and, and, and all that's going on, we just we, we just cannot risk him really. And like right. I said, getting out of the house. I mean, it's right. he's, he's that fragile yeah. right now. Right, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that can identify with that. And sometimes when I think, well, that, that's, a, that's a first world problem, but it's a dream. That's a, you know, I know for Ashley and I, you know, we're, we're now experiencing mm-hmm. empty nesting. So we've got thoughts and ideas of where we'd like to go, mm-hmm. what we'd like to do. And uh, so you plan out yeah. your future and you have it in mind what it's going to look like. And when it changes, that's a loss mm-hmm. and that, that is hard to go through. Well, Alan, even minor things, and this again was even before COVID, but, mm-hmm. you know, going to the gas stations and our convenience stores taking a break between here and Kansas City. I mean, at that yeah. time, he and I were actually wearing gloves because yeah. we didn't know what we could pick up. Right. So, yeah, so you take so would you know, we just take for granted so many things that that could jeopardize something right, right now. Yeah. But yeah, it, it and it's a common thing today. Yeah, uh, JC being a newer believer mm-hmm. and going through the challenges that he's had to go through and everything. You know, it. Uh, my my hope and prayer is that this will strengthen his faith. You know, mm-hmm. things like this can can. Uh, can be helpful it can be harmful mm-hmm. you know we, we i've seen like when we week one we talked with james and kimberly crumbie this uh last week it was with stephanie and so common theme is you know there was a choice that they made and so my yeah. prayer for jc is is that this will uh strengthen him draw him close to god and uh, it sounds like and you haven't given me any details but you just have talked about just preparing for today some of the blessings of the conversations that you guys have had. And you and you were saying, Alan, if nothing else happens, if no one is Absolutely. impacted by this, just the conversations you guys have had yep. has been a true blessing. So I'm, I'm so glad to hear that for him. Mm-hmm. How about this? Um, you know, share with us maybe a couple of life lessons, a couple of things that you've learned along the way that um, that were helpful to you. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I think some of this could be helpful for others as yeah. well, but yeah. um um, I kept U version handy. I kept it close on my Bible app and uh, read the daily verses. Um, 
but um, one of the things that I did was try to um, keep a journal. I didn't keep it daily, but I did journal prayers. Mm. And he and I went through those the other day, and uh, I actually read to him what I was praying at that time. And, I mean, yeah. I was kind of flipping through, and, and so some of it was early on. And But um, I think that that has been encouraging to me to, mm. to see it and because yeah. I'd already read some of them before. Yeah. But that was huge, just staying connected Stay. to God's Word yeah. and um, knowing that He had the plan. I mean, and back to the heart attack that turned the corner to the transplant, um, He had a plan. Yeah. And so we um, we just, I just needed to, to be reminded of that frequently, yeah. that yeah. He was in control. He's in control. He's on His throne. Yes. He's not surprised. He uh, he knew this mm-hmm. was going to be, and mm-hmm. uh, going to back to his sovereignty and just being God does can give us peace. Yes, and God's word can remind us of that, and yeah. so well, that's good. That's great. Yeah, and and JC, um, you know, do you know before all of this, he didn't always feel comfortable for me to even pray if it was just the two of us. But mm-hmm. he would he, and this may seem insignificant some, to some, but it was major for me. Yeah. When he would allow me to pray for him, mm, just the two of us. That's awesome. That was major. Major for you and for him. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. But the, the journaling was big and um, just um, kind of taking care of myself because mm-hmm. I realized that I was, um, I, I've used, I probably used the word we when I talked about we got a transplant, but mm-hmm. um I realized I was in it, and one of the things J.C. shared with me recently is he could see his pain in my face, and I had never heard him mm. say that before till just the other day, but, mm. but he could see the pain in my face. Mm. So yeah. um, as a caregiver, you know, you, you just get involved. Yeah. And the other thing that I learned that I would also share with others is um, I was an advocate for him. Yeah. Not just his wife, but I was his advocate, mm. um, like praying for the referral, mm-hmm. um, talking to the doctor about where to go. And, and, and that was another one, one of those, do you want to go to Kansas City questions? Right. Yes, we do want to go to Kansas City. Mm. So, um, but just being ready to make decisions that, um, that are life-changing, yeah. not just spiritually, but, but they could affect eternity. Yeah. If you don't make the right decision, it yeah. could come sooner than later. Yeah. But um, so just being an advocate in big ways and little ways, um, I made a trip back home right be- once they had said the transplant was um, our option to just come home and, and prepare for a long stay. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it was, you know, just during that time that I had a road trip by myself and People had all actually offered to even ride back up there with me, and but I just I just needed some time by myself just to kind of regroup, kind of evaluate where we were going, mm-hmm. pray. I listened to music, yeah. Christian music, and mm-hmm. and that really helped prepare me for where where we were going, even though I didn't know yet where we were. But that mm-hmm. that was that was almost a a refreshment to be able to come home, sleep mm-hmm. in my own bed for a night, and just have some time. Uh, and also, I had the opportunity back to my job mm-hmm. that um, Pastor West met with me while I was during that time had come home, and he was so encouraging to um, 
basically, don't worry about this place. You know, yeah. we'll be fine without you. And yeah. as a person who's very involved, it was yeah. hard for me to hear those words from my yeah. boss. Right. Right. <laughs> but he said we would be fine without you. Yeah. And so that gave me peace on my work. Mm. And um, so when I went back, we we were, we had the transplant ahead of us. Yeah. So just taking care of yourself, mm. um, being an advocate for the for the patient and staying in God's word were just big lessons that That's I good. that I needed to learn. Yep. That I did lessons that we all need to uh, to take to heart. Yeah, well, that said, the advice right there. Uh, here in a moment, I'm going to give you kind of uh, alluded to um, you know music and song ministering to you, scripture. So here in a moment, I'm going to I'm kind of setting you up for this. Okay. I'm going to give you a moment to share. Uh, some of those scriptures that were meaningful to you and okay. and all that. Because uh, to me, it's just a great way to end it, to end our time together. It's just, a, all right, let's bring God's word mm-hmm. into it. How did it minister to you and may minister to someone else? But something that you said uh, I thought was pretty profound. Uh, I just I just did a wedding this weekend. And, uh, you know, a big part of a wedding, a wedding ceremony, you know, especially a Christian uh, marriage ceremony is really uh, talking about the fact that a marriage covenant, a relationship between a husband and wife really does reflect who God is in yes. his covenant with mm-hmm. us. And even a picture of of God, one being, but in three persons, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, he's one, but yet three persons. And here God brings two people together and makes them one. And then you bring God into the picture, you know, and so there's a lot of imagery there. It's a reflection. And so when a marriage goes right, it reflects, um, it reflects principles and truth of who God is. Mm -hmm. And you said two things that really jumped out at me when he, he saw his pain in your face, reflection of oneness of your marriage. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, You became an advocate for him. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's a, when, when marriage is done right, when marriage is uh, healthy and none of them are perfect and it's always an imperfect image, but it just, the things that you said just reflected God and, uh, and that relationship uh, there, you know, those, those hardships are always memories, and they were good moments in there too. Yes. And, um, yes. So it sounds like you were a wonderful advocate, a wonderful oh, during that season for him, and I'm sure he's thankful for that. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. That 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 was good for me to hear. All right. Good. So yeah. So thank you. So why don't you just close our time right now with uh, some scripture? I know you said you had several scripture that you want to share. Yeah. This is some stories. I actually wrote some that. things down. Yeah. I'll try to be there brief. You go. Yeah. But um, uh, as I mentioned, I, I do the U version, and um, uh, God provided verses every day that that were encouraging. But as I was journaling, some days I'd go back and I'd say, okay, this we got the heart transplant. I wonder what God told me that day. Yeah. And so I actually kind of went back and re- would review the verses of the day to see how God had prepared me, even though I didn't even know mm. what he was preparing me for. Right. So I had, I have those, I have a lot of verses, but I want, I picked up, I think about six and I would like to just tell Absolutely. brief stories and, and yeah. read the verse. But, um, on 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 that Monday when we realized or we were told that that a heart transplant was the only option, um, we had spent um, they spent the next two or three days actually assessing him physically as a good candidate for 
the the heart. I mm. mean, for a transplant, I should say. They mm. were assessing him to see if he was would even survive it or whatever. So mm. that was huge. And this was this is a verse that that God has used with me many times, mm. and I love it. But to, to consider that um, I was between making those hard decisions to a decision had been made. This was the verse for July the first mm. of two thousand nineteen. <laughs> yeah. The Lord, and this is when the Israelites were stuck between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Exodus 14 14. And that's, (laughs) you can't get much better than that until I read a few more. (laughs) Then um, when I I told you I came home, uh, it was Fourth of July during the week or Thursday, I think, for whatever that's worth. But um, it came home. To get ready, I told you that the road trip was good for me. Pastor Wes's encouragement was good for me. And this was a sweet verse because it also has the word heart in it. But it said, um, Psalm 5110, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit. I needed a mm-hmm. renewed steadfast spirit. Yeah. And that was for July 4th mm. when I was here. And then along the way, I told you that he provided friends. There was a lady I just kept seeing in the elevator for a few days. I mean, and finally I just told her, I said, you and I must need to meet each other because we keep seeing each other. And so she laughed, and we had we became friends. Her husband had had a heart transplant about six months prior. They live in Eureka Springs, so oh, she's wow. close. We've had lunch since then here. Mm-hmm. But um, we were friends. We were close friends. Mm. We traded texts since then. We've prayed for each other. Her husband, as far as I know, is doing fine. Mm -hmm. But God provided a network for me that I needed. And uh, I met her son. He was a fireman here in Rogers. He knew some of our fireman church members. I mean, it was so precious, so precious. But um, that verse was, a friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for adversity. That was the verse he gave me. For Carolyn, that's so cool. Um, then, after we got through, I said there were some issues even after he was approved for the heart. Uh, we did begin to get what they call offers, mm-hmm. and again, I told you that's when the the grief for these other families really started hitting base yeah. with us. John fifteen thirty one. Greater love has no one than this, than one lay down his life for his friends. And I would just like to, at this point, say how blessed we were and how blessed other families were. I'm sure there were other yeah. families that were able to also be, as as recipients, receive a donation from this family. Yeah. To just consider giving... Uh, Donating yeah. when you can and how you can, because yeah. it, it is life-changing, and it can affect many families in a positive way. Right. But anyway, mm. but so to lay down their life, I mean, Jesus yeah. did that for us. And yeah. um, for JC to know that that's what was going on as an example to him, mm-hmm. that Jesus did that too, yeah. was just huge. Mm. And then our transplant day was a big day. And um, the verse for that day was Psalm 41, 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. 
So we had a lot to be thankful for that day, but it was there was also just it was just so big, so big. And then um, August the sixth, two thousand nineteen, we came home finally mm-hmm. from June to August, and you think about it, that's really not very long under under what we were faced with. I yeah. mean, God just provided mm. provided so well. Mm. But that was John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. God disclosed himself to us in so many ways that... Mm-hmm. Um, I could sit here for weeks. I mean, I guess yeah. it'd take me four years to tell you because that's how long our journey has been. Yeah. But that's, um, mm. it's just powerful. And these verses, there was not just a verse, but friends were kind enough to share verses and and text and, and encourage us along the way. And uh, people came to visit us in Kansas City. And so it, God just was so working in such a mighty way to love us and to, to provide for us. Amen. It was just Amen. big. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And, um, and you, we, we learn a lot. I, I, you, you have lessons that you learn from, but from hearing it and walking through it with you, um, there's just a lot to take away from it. So thank you for sharing that. And, and just as a reminder for us all, you guys are still in that journey. It's not complete, right? And, but, uh, but seeing the, the joy seeing the hope and the strength. That's what God provides. He doesn't promise to save us from every issue, every problem, but it's a question we always have, God, why? Like, why me? Why now? Why us? And we're, we're all going to have those moments where we're going to be asking why? Why me? Why now? Why us? And, um, and we're all, you know, our moments are all coming at some point in time. But thank goodness we have uh, a God that loves us. He's a relational God. He created us out of his creativity, his love. He didn't need us, but but the way, just his attributes being relational, he desired to create us in his image and with a relationship. And so he promises that uh, when we become his children, he'll, he'll never leave us. And uh, And so I love these stories because we see that. We see that even in the midst of, of grief and even sometimes anger towards God. He can handle those things and he, he, he's there to love us through it and to lead us through it. So thank you for that. Thank you for those lessons. If you're watching this today and, uh, and you needed that, uh, we hope that you're encouraged by it. Uh, if you haven't watched our previous, uh, two series, go back and watch those. One thing that we've talked about is that, uh, James and Kimberly Crumbie, they were on episode one, shared about the loss of their daughter. Uh, they are actually leading a group uh, starting uh, by the time this airs. It'll probably be within a week on September 15th on Wednesday nights uh, for a period of about 10 weeks or so. Um, they're inviting anyone that wants to come to go through a, a study and really an experience together with other people that may be grieving going through grief and uh, and it's just being led uh, through a with a group uh, through God's word and having opportunities to share 
and, and having that opportunity to go through the grieving process and to be reminded of God's love. So if you're interested in that, please go to our website uh, at, for First Baptist Rogers. It's fbcrogers.org forward slash midweek. Uh, you can you can find that. You can find our midweek courses uh, there on our website. That's the URL for that. And, and go ahead and sign up. We would love for you to be a part of that. There's other studies as well. Um, but uh, we want to thank you guys for watching again. Uh, whatever platform you're watching on, please like, subscribe, follow, share. Uh, allow this to be an opportunity for us to minister to you and for us to expand our reach as well. Thank you guys so much for coming, and we hope you'll join us next week. Take care.